Hello, welcome to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. We're bringing together the best gaming leaders from across the Nordic region to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. My name is Melanie, and I connect businesses with talented freelancers in the gaming industry. Today, I'm joined by Emma, Bontos, and Scott. Uh, but before we delve deeper into the topic, let's just go around the room uh, with some introductions. Uh, Emma, if you'd like to go first. Sure. Uh, my name is Emma. Uh, I work as a production developer uh, slash producer here at Embark Studios. Uh, I'm leading the production work for live ops, console, H rating, and localization. Yes, let that sink in for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, previous to Embark, I did some community and PR at EA uh, and also DICE. And then I worked almost five years at Paradox Interactive as a community developer. And I actually worked a bit with Pontus on the side. Nice. Well, then let's segue straight to Pontus. Absolutely. So my name is Pontus, and I'm a brand manager at the indie unpublisher Raw Fury. And as brand manager, I'm basically responsible for everything marketing related to uh, the awesome indie games that we are working on. And uh, my previous experience is that I've been working at Paradox for a couple of years, but I also have some uh, background within the esports scene and dream hack. So I've been working with games for quite some time now. Nice. And then Scott. Yeah, I'm Scott. I'm currently a product marketing manager at Star Stable Entertainment. Um, so I work closely with our marketing creative studio as well in terms of promoting our game in the best way possible. Uh, I'm quite new to this industry. So I, I've only been at Star Stable for about three years. And that's my first uh, position here in, in, in the games industry. So it's all a very cool and fun dream to to be part of this industry. Oh, lovely. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading-edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So... Now we know who you guys are, um, let's get cracking. So everyone has a question based on like modernizing the gaming industry. So how we do it is we go around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the context behind it. Everyone gives an opportunity to answer that question. So we're going to start um, with Pontos and your question. Yes. So so basically the, the question was what skills are needed in the future of games marketing? And why I chose that question and the context to it is basically with uh, the amount of changes that happens to the games marketing industry these days and kind of the conversation around uh, the T-shaped skills that you have both kind of the breadth and bits of skills, but also go very deep into an expert area. Uh, what does that actually entail? And what is that actually uh, affecting the games marketing industry? And one of the contexts or, or, or examples, like um, when disciplines or, or, or previous roles that before was kind of defined suddenly starts merging or expanding. And uh, one of the 
one of the examples like okay the the rise of the the video side of social media for instance suddenly you need more skills than just communication suddenly you need to communicate through more than words and maybe video and and another thing is basically talking about influencer marketing for instance that started off very much within more of the relationship based person to person and is starting to shape up to become more on the performance and and the paid media side of things where you start looking into uh, other type of kind of data and metrics so uh, so that's kind of uh, what 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 I was thinking like what skills are needed in the future uh, for people in the games industry um, yeah, as I told previously, I've been working in community uh, and PR before. Uh, and for me, it's it's always been about one thing, uh, and that's being relatable in every way. Uh, and I think it can sound fairly easy um, to be relatable to a bunch of people. But if you look closer to it, I think there's more depth. Um, and being but being relatable, I think I'm more referring to the way, you know, that we can only understand our players' patterns and motives, but, you know, be able to talk to them in the same language that they are talking to uh, and in the same area that they are in, like fully integrate ourselves uh, and our business strategies into being relatable. Uh, it's about meeting them where they are, I think, in life in general, and, and also where they live, you know, um, these places shift quite easily. Uh, right now, um, we have a bunch of platforms like TikTok and, and fast social media uh, that are erupting, and we're seeing a decrease in some other platforms. Um, and it's a commitment that you have to make, you know, we are asking them for their attention in a very, you know, larger than life arena that the internet is, and it's very present at all times. Um, and it's not only that we're asking for their attention, we're asking them to, you know, we just talked about this before, that our lives are so short and our days becoming uh, increasingly smaller, but we want them to spend their valuable time with us uh, in our game, you know, when in reality they might be spending that time in a lot of other games and a lot of other, you know, hobbies in general. Um, so. My boring answer <laughs> to these skill set changes, um, and if this will affect community management, it's probably yes and no. <laughs> Very boring. Um, I think some people might already do this and might need to adapt to it, but I think the answer lies in not only understanding the needs and behavior of our players, but also how we connect the game and community to be more relatable to their lives. Uh, and we know that. Uh, you know, being familiar with something strikes very hard, as we can see in campaigns and in social media trends, you know, uh, all these fast videos on TikTok, like, oh, you know, when you do something like this, it becomes very relatable and close to home. And that's where we, uh, that's what we value. Um, and I think that community managers going forward need to, you know, go back to the beginning of the player journey because a lot of these players are new people um, and they have to follow the relatable path of their game and where where that starts. So in summary, I think we need to see a more human behavior um, to balance this act of AI and perfectionism in a way, um, you know, to balance out that interactive fast content uh, that social media brings today. I think that's What's going to happen? Says the doctor over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I, I'm I'm on this similar line here, where this short form video content has really boomed 
And it, I think it's still evolving in the sense of how we use it and how when it comes to marketing our, our games currently. And while, yeah, TikTok is here and other forms will probably come, uh, that kind of uh, attention-grabbing type of content, I think, will still be very prevalent for a long time. So I think there needs to be a balance there of, of kind of the, the eye-catching content, the eye-catching way of, of producing uh, the content. So as we mentioned, like the, the video, we need more video people in, in that sense and more 3D artists and, and things like that. But I think on the community side, we need to go back a bit to the roots and actually communicate more about the story of the game or the product, more relatable uh, to the player itself. So actually taking the time to to showcase this story, create a red thread through all our communications, all our assets or marketing uh, efforts, because um, that's what I think lacks sometimes now. There is a kind of a generic a way of doing it, of everyone doing the same trend, the same way of showing it. Um, so the red thread, the kind of more personality-driven, more um, relatable, connected to the story of the game or the product, uh, I think that's a key to, to actually not only uh, be different, but also to kind of sustain, contain, and and create a more sustainable relationship with with uh, your audience as well. Totally agree. And I think that's, you know, being true to yourself mm. as a, from a game perspective and a company perspective to, to have that self-discipline to not jump on every th- trend, trend or, or campaign that you see and be like, hmm, is this something for me? Or is this something that I have to, you know, look away from because it doesn't fit, mm. you know, in my values? So I was thinking a lot about... Um, Kind of the uh, and tying into what you said, Emma, about kind of uh, going back a little bit or uh, focusing on the stories. I was looking uh, a lot on and and was thinking a lot about like the rules and the rules descriptions mm. and how how in some way uh, the dynamic aspects of rules have kind of started to get a little bit locked in in certain ways. Whereas we are already started to discuss a little bit here that maybe the more generalist or rather like go back to the actual uh, start or storytelling or or the attention grabbing the the uh, the aspect of of actually be human uh, in some uh, is is maybe not part of the job description or a traditional role breakdown in a marketing department but i think that is not to be lost in 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 all of this and and how with the various formats or, or forms or the channels developing or whatever you want to say, how how we kind of have to think about how quickly we can kind of adapt to to those realities and, and kind of realign or rebase ourselves. That's a lot of uh, what I've been thinking about. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I hear, I hear it <laughs> yeah. everywhere. But, yeah. but, but, but I think like on, on that note, what, what could possibly happen is if if it becomes a little bit too structured in a way of a certain skill sets or a to-do list or a mm-hmm. bullet point list that we shouldn't forget that that might create a skill gap in these kind of more mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't know what to call them more than like a core competency or whatever to mm-hmm. to be like a little bit more generalistic and not mm-hmm. as as deep experty mm-hmm. because I, I I think that with the amount of of, of work that does and the different uh, types of people involved in a marketing team, things start to grow into each other and you start having this kind of integrate the kind of way of doing things. Yeah. 
yeah for sure like the the roles the roles become in a way more flexible and and which is good i think in a way not only as a workplace uh, factor like everyone can help out to help each other out but but also in terms of the creative process as well of actually creating that the, the things that we want to create and, and, and showcase. So I, I totally agree with that, that I think there is a very positive thing with it. But I think the overarching kind of goal for the, the, the team, the group, should also contain that red thread, that more, um, yeah, slightly more structured, maybe more uh, a focused uh, uh, kind of perspective, a focused goal within the marketing ban itself. Um, and and uh, yeah, a, 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 like kind of side question, if, if possible, is is what do you think about uh, more and more the developers or studios are becoming more transparent with their their mm. audience as well. They're actually showcasing more behind the scenes of what they're doing, and also sometimes admitting when they've done mm. something wrong and addressing it. I think that's also an interesting part of this in a way of, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of different aspects, but it, I, I think it's a very cool kind of, from my perspective, at least, a kind of evolution of, of how it's been before. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, for me as a player and as a game dev, it is a, a very interesting um, development in how you know news travel. Mm. And I think I'm always for being transparent. Mm. Like always, it's even in my LinkedIn bio, uh, <laughs> transparency, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. But I also think like that transparency and, and I mean, the authenticity yeah. and um, the way to kind of sta- stand out, so to speak, is to, to kind of provide that human aspect to it that, mm. I mean, in the end, games are art and and with that comes a lot of emotions and creative kind of outpour or 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 um or or, or just getting it done so to speak mm-hmm. and and with that comes a lot of 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 these i don't know what to call it but 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 you know in, in just ways of sharing engaging mm-hmm. and being part of something and i think that's that's uh, um, more on the human side, so to speak. For sure, yeah. Can I throw in a bonus question, if I may? Why is it that, and I'm not asking you like from your studios or publishers' like perspective, I mean just what do you guys think? Why is it that some games get like very sort of aggressive marketing? So if I think of Diablo 4, for example, in the UK, that was on every bus stop, that game, and it even made BBC News when it was released. But then Zelda, for example, I didn't see that anywhere. Of course, there were some adverts on the internet, but I just not on the same scale. So what? why do you think certain games get that level of marketing and other games don't? Because Diablo 4 is a very big game, as is Zelda. So it, I didn't quite understand that. What do you think the reason is or if there is a reason? I mean, I, I think in, obviously it, it will differ from region to region. Zelda uh, is Nintendo and obviously it's, it's a huge market. Uh, and a huge game for the Asian market, but it's it's big here too. So um, I think it's more about you know how you want to place your resources maybe within the company. Um, if that kind of marketing is something that you believe in and it will help you reach the goal that you set internally, then go crazy for it. Um, but I think a lot of companies don't have that approach anymore. Maybe they they did before, but they have found 
new uh, platforms um, and areas to do that in, such as these trends that we've been talking about, you know, with social media and influencer marketing that is huge, um, but not only the traditional influencer marketing of, you know, paying uh, to get a product viewed, but more like integrating it into the lives. Um, so I, I think it's about different goals and approaches and, and how much um, you want to spend on on different goals from each discipline. Yeah, and I also, just to tack on, just as you say, I think it also has to do with what kind of style you, you approach yeah. on this. Because I think for some games, the more um, the voice will be carried by the player rather than an ad board or a billboard yeah. is, is way more prominent. Yeah. Whereas some um, marketeers and, and, and companies opt to do more of the billboard style to make sure it's up in front. And I think that's why... You will see so many different ways and approaches to marketing, even though the IPs or the launches themselves might be similar in size. But some some will be everywhere and some will not be everywhere, but that more uh, targeted mm. places. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it's about, you know, what kind of player you want to read. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. 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 Like it's about you know if you if you put a billboard up anybody can see it yeah. any player anywhere every any time you know uh, but if you pay an influencer it's going to be to their audience only. yeah but I also think in this particular example Zelda and Diablo it's it's all uh, very much a brand question as well Zelda is already uh, a more accessible game in terms of the style of the game but also the wider kind of target audience that it, it, it caters to Diablo has a history of being more a hardcore game. Uh, I think that might be the reason as well. They they really want to, of course, widen the net, and that's why aggressive aggressive campaign as that in that way is is a way to really kind of get the Diablo name and that style of game into people's uh, minds in a way that they might never even heard about like yeah. uh, that type of game, that style of game. So I think that's a very um, yeah, uh, it could be an aspect of it as well for sure. Thank you for answering my bonus question. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's move on to um, your question. Yes. Um, so I am obviously not in tech, uh, and I thought, hey, we're going to go here and talk about modernization in the gaming industry. So I thought, let's ask and think about uh, another aspect of modernization, which is how do we set modern goals uh, within our work fields and if that is important or not uh, within this crazy world we're living in. That sounds very cringe. Um, so uh, what do you think? How to set and, and what to set as a modern goal? Yeah. Um, I think I think the, the goal setting is absolutely critical, obviously. But I also think that in the end, the goal setting will be slightly different depending on. We have already covered with some bonus questions here, like what is your actual goal with, with your marketing? Is it addressing existing audience, addressing new audience? Maybe you have something else you want to achieve within your marketing. So you will have different different goals and different sets. But in the end, I mean, all us marketeers, we want as many players as possible, most of the time at least, to see uh, our games, right? So in the end, I think they're going to be a staple set of, of goals. Um, in the end, the, the purchase or the activation or the install is, is always going to be there. But the way of how to get there is constantly changing, I think. And that's where I think uh, kind of like 
I've been thinking a lot about how to not necessarily rank what what goal sets we have, but it's changing. I mean, previously when ads were in newspapers, that was a super important metric and a goal like how many newspapers are you in but that would not be a very yeah actually laughing because imagine yeah. if that was like what yeah, yeah, yeah. were doing like oh let's put it in the newspaper but, yeah like the idea is now laughable yeah now. and i think that's kind of what um red thread back to my question is a little bit like in in i think the future and any any time like the when you keep coming back to it and, and the only constant is change, right? But I think like the goal set thing is also going to have to change. So we have to be mindful and constantly evaluate what is our existing goal today might not necessarily cater to what we're trying to achieve tomorrow. Mm. Um, so, I mean, modern goals, I'm how boring how boring the answer might sound i mean it always it depends yeah it does if you have a game that has a certain type of aspect you might have different goal set than another game like Mm -hmm. a a super multiplayer focused game will have a a different type of goal sets than than maybe a single player short story hike yeah Uh, and and i think that's that's where the beauty also comes from in the games industry that we have all of these awesome different experiences and and just the the width and breadth of it mm. that yeah. it it can have different yeah yeah I, I think it's just a very great and kind of relevant question to ask because we we tend to only talk about as you mentioned like we only talk about the technology side of it and whoa what what are we going to do when this new thing comes out that new tool how are we gonna uh kind of uh to that uh, but I think I think um, the goals themselves just as you said Pontus it, it's hard to define exactly how they will be and how we will set them but I think they will need to be more and more flexible and what I mean by that is games tend to take longer and longer to develop now and while we're developing things are happening outside so we need to have some goals that can in a way easily be adjustable while still not having to completely lift the, the house upside down and, and redo everything. Uh, and I think that kind of challenge is, is very exciting, I think, but also that would need to come down into like the sub teams as well within, for example, the marketing department, but also all departments. And they need to really be aligned with the rest of the studio as well. Um, smaller goals that are locked into the larger goals um, so that they're all kind of flexible and you, they are all focused on Specific things, but still part of a, a bigger code. But that's on the work side, the workplace side. But but I think that's relevant as well for this. Um, but yeah, more more flexible goals. If, if more flexible modern goals, if possible. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. I hope so. No, but I I absolutely agree, and I also think like with with flexible goals, the 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 um, what you're trying to achieve will will differ mm. depending on depending on what type of marketing or what type of um and kind of business or, or or what type of organization that you're running i mean and many times there are there are ways of having quite similar goals and structures as someone another organization but sometimes you know you can end up in in in, in completely different and i mean on, on our end Sometimes the goal might just be that certain games that we we release or publish, they just deserve to exist. Yes. And that yeah. is a goal. Yeah. 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 And 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 those types of goals, I would say, are are 
quite modern in that sense that's, and quite yeah. flexible. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's great. Yeah, they deserve to exist. Yes, that's very beautiful. I agree. Yeah, totally. It's not published. Um, well, I felt like I had to when I started asking my own question is just just think about defining what a modern goal actually is because we speak about it like we know what it is in some way. Um, but, you know, many will obviously see uh, modern and modernity as, you know, present and future development of, you know, technology, history, fashion, art, warfare, politics, you know, all that jazz. Uh, but for me in, in the gaming industry, it's, it's about, you know, where we want to be uh, and how we reach that goal. Um, and obviously, as you said, it's going to differ between companies and between people and departments. Um, and trends that we see flowing around in the business is, is uh, obviously affecting that uh, and setting the framework. But, and I think embarking general as well is we don't really believe in copy paste uh, or walking the same path as maybe other successful uh, companies or games has stomped before. Uh, even if they could be successful for us, we feel like we want to try something new uh, and, and make that vision true. So for me, it's about being visionary, being a visionary in some sense. Um, and, and that's what we are here, I think. Um, we're always curious about the other paths. Like imagine you're hiking. You mentioned hiking mm. in the beginning. Imagine you're hiking and you see this path in the forest that you, you see it leading straight to the top and you'll get this beautiful view up there. Um, but if you lean on that curiosity, um, and you can, you know, you have this experience of hiking before, so you can lean on that experience to try to take a different path. Um, and, and you know, th that way you can achieve even a better view than the one you saw before. It's something that is more um, fulfilling for you uh, rather than the, the successful already tramped path. Um, so if I go back to, you know, the question, you know, is this really important? why is it important like why can't we only enjoy the view from that you know stomped up way instead of just going through bushes and 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 stuff all the time um and i think it comes down to you know how how we define how how is it for us individuals and companies you know are are our company in line with our curiosity is that the way we approach things um and i would say it's about being you know, have courage to do something, you know, just try, like, even if you go half pathway across that forest, you know, like, no, this is not for me, then you are free to go back and enjoy the view from that place. But at least you tried, you had the curiosity to try it. And for me, that is what modern is, setting a modern goal to just try and be courage enough to actually do that. Yeah, I think it's always dangerous to be like, oh, well, we've always done it this way. And it's yeah. as you say, like, you've, you've got to try new things. And if you fail, as you say, you can always go back. But otherwise, if you never take the risk, then you're never going to grow and evolve. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And maybe you find, like, this beautiful flower and you've never seen it before. But then because you took that path, you will realize that that flower exists and it will be your new favorite flower. And you would never have, you know, seen that if you didn't do it. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, let's go to Scott. Do you yeah. have a question? Yeah. Uh, so my question is, as AI becomes even more accessible in our industry, how do we continue to keep making innovative and creative experiences? And 
it's a kind of broad question, but but I this is what I thought of as games as art. Are they under scrutiny? Basically, are they in the risk of of not being an art form? Basically, in the future, if AI, the tools that we use, AI tools that we use, take over more and more, um, or is it here to kind of improve our means uh, to further modernize how we work uh, and and also how players experience them in the future? What do you think? You want to go? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think um, I think it's a, a really tricky question. Uh, what, I, what I definitely like to start off with is, I mean, there is definitely, uh, definitely a conversation here to talk about whether or not we are thinking ethical AI or non-ethical AI. And the definition is very, very, very shallow. But in the end, I mean, most AI models are based upon stolen art or is stealing or is built on things that are kind of others' work. And in that sense, then the question is like, is that really innovating or is it just doing copycatting? in a way more sophisticated way than a human could do it. Uh, so on the art side, I am really skeptical uh, what the AI could or would contribute. And and I'm also very, 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 um, very uh, cautious and conscious about all of the conversations around it, because I think there are a lot of things out there that is really unethical and no one should ever engage with it at all. Where some some AI like when when I've been thinking a lot about AI, I think a lot about kind of more on the on the side of there is a lot of administration. There is a lot of just facilitation in the background that needs to happen in order for us to create or be creative. And maybe that's where AI is actually the most helpful to kind of, sort through your inbox or or create uh, and help you with your to-do list in the morning rather than all of the current conversations about you know generating art or or whatever so i've been i've been thinking about that at least for me these conversations needs to kind of be split up. It's not one AI conversation, but rather multiple. What do you think, Emma? Uh, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think I see it. Uh, I've been, <laughs> been talking about human behavior the whole podcast, <laughs> but I think it's important because we are humans behind all of the games. You know, there are hundreds of people that are creating this experience, you know, together, working together. Um, so when I think about this question, what third... What, first come to mind was that, you know, um, humans have flaws um, and AI doesn't search or have, you know, the goal to be flawed. It's always about perfection and creation to perfection. And I think um, this is very important because we can use the flaws and we see this sometimes in the gaming industry. It's not, it's not too common, but when we do, I always appreciate it so much. Um, like when there's, I remember we had a bug in a previous game I worked on and we made a marketing campaign out of it because it was so funny, you know, and, and we, we leaned on that. We leaned on our human flaws that we didn't catch it. Um, if I may just add yeah, to that, I think, I think it's really interesting that you're saying that because I, I, I agree so wholeheartedly 
that it's from mistakes, mm -hmm. it's from from failures yeah. that most innovation is born. Yes. And things you never thought of yeah. suddenly becomes like, wait, this is a way better way of doing it. Or, mm -hmm. you know, so absolutely agree. Like it's it's not in, in the process of trying to perfect something. Yeah. Sometimes stuff just doesn't need perfection, you know, um, for it to be appreciated and beautiful. Um, and I mean, going back to the question a bit, I mean, we will always enter new eras. We will always discover new formats and change the media landscape and whatnot. Um, so can we really know how art and AI will impact games and technology? Because I don't, I don't know. And it's okay to, to not know too, you know, um, it's really a production model that I have. It's a plan for the worst, hope for the best. Uh, and I, I think it's something in that statement that makes me and other people accessible. It mm. makes you accessible for failure and flaws. Um, I think it's very important to be open about not knowing as well, because that creates a safe environment to to actually work in, but also produce games in. Um, I think yeah. from my perspective as well, just sorry if I'm interrupting, no, but I think... I think it's important to also understand that everyone here and everyone listening are obviously affecting the yeah. choices being made. Yeah. And I think from from my perspective, it's really important to be conscious yeah. when we are engaging with this type of technology, what it actually means or brings or what we are yeah. contributing and what path the development of this is contributing to. So I agree. Uh, with you, Emma, that, that we don't know where we will end up. Mm. But today and the way things are going today, we do have some insights into how to use and definitely when not to use yeah. uh, these types of tools. Yeah. At least that's what I think. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you both. And I, I think one of the main reasons I asked this question is a very complex, broad question is, <laughs> yeah. is it, because I, I do a lot of competitive research in my roles. I look at all other games and I look a lot at mobile games and I've seen even more and more now very, a lot of kind of copy paste games mm -hmm. that suddenly appear from out of nowhere. Um, and I don't know if that you say I, or, but it, it kind of, that kind of, uh, created this question in my head as well, kind of yeah. that this very fast production, uh, kind of a quick way of getting a quick buck, mm -hmm. uh, I think in a way is becoming more and more frequent. Uh, but I see, and I've always seen game as maybe one of the more uh, human mediums out there, to yeah. be honest, because we create games to, like they are really, really handmade. Sure, it's a digital product, but it's very, very handmade. And we produce it so that someone else can experience it and get go through a range of emotions or skills and, and everything. Yeah. So it's a very human product. And that's why I totally agree with you both that AI, whether it's ethical or unethical, I don't know the definition really or the, the border between them, but that it should it, it's better that the human touch is always there when it comes to creating the games and the experiences. But on the production side, behind the scenes, the administrative side, sure, I think there are a lot of AI tools that could really help out making it more effective uh, in terms of how we develop and how we communicate. Uh, but this just should still be a human at the end point, always. Um, and, I, and I thought of like, a, I, I've tried to 
vision, kind of envision the future of like, what if the doomsday scenario is that basically 90% of all the games that get produced are 90 or 100% AI produced. Mm -hmm. So suddenly we're sitting there with just very, like games are coming out all the time. Everything starts to look the same. And I think maybe we as players and developers start to see very clear that, oh, this is an AI product and this is not. And that maybe that kind of uh, disrupts a change and that the human-made real games are becoming more and more uh, popular again. Well, so how, you go back to it. That's it, because this is my thinking. I'm like, well, how an industry that is so creative, if you take the creativeness mm. out of it and you start using AI, not just for art, but for all aspects, you can do press, use chat GPT yeah. for, for press releases, right? So if so then everything would just start to sound the same, yeah. but it's a creative industry, so I can't really comprehend in my brain how that would work anyway. It just feels a bit like yeah. they're oxymorons a bit, yeah. that they're on like two sides. Yeah, I, I see it as a... As a, as a it's a quick kind of progression or evolution, but it's it's not a sustainable one mm. in that sense. It's not a long-lasting, perhaps, I hope. <laughs> yeah. well, that's super interesting. It's a super interesting perspective, like that n normal or human games will come back to take the right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to live to see that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but I think I think not only on the on the game creation side, it's funny you would bring up press releases or mm -hmm. or like copywriting and wordsmithing and and the way assets are being created, trailer scripts. I think everything that has some sort of again talking about that imperfection somewhere yeah. causes you to have that human touch or connection to it but also you would get things when when you have creative people working or or, or crafting these types of assets you would get things that you otherwise would not and i think that is the important thing that that Almost any aspect of both game publishing and development has that aspect of, of crafting yeah. as part of it. Totally. Yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, I could be happy if I see a, a copy error in a in a PR message, yeah. you know. I could be, this is a human who wrote this. I am appreciating you for writing yeah. this. Yeah, not for sure. And I mean, I, it, yeah, it's super interesting. And I think it ties down to... Uh, your side question as well, not only about, you know, just being uh, the imperfections and flaws being something that makes us stand out as creative people in a way. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we end the podcast today, I just want to say a massive thank you to all of our guests and particularly Embark for allowing us to come to the studio and to do this in person, which is always lovely. Um, so once again, our guests on today's podcast have been Emma from Embark, Bondos from Raw Fury and Scott from Star Stable. If you are hiring for new roles within gaming or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message as well. My name is Melanie and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at melanie.lindsay at evolution-nordics.com or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash SE. Thank you again to all of our guests and thank you guys for listening and we hope you can join us again next time.